you're not going to be a great interview initially, interviewer initially, and it's something you've got to put the work in. Having the best guests isn't going to make you a great interviewer. Being a great interviewer is going to make you a great interviewer, and the only thing that can help you do that is experience. And the only way you can get experience is to do it. All right, so anyone who knows Jared, actually, let's give it, just give a quick round of applause for Lou and Jared for doing this. This is amazing. Jared always tries to pawn and off on other people. Have you ever noticed that about Jared? Like, literally, he's nice to everybody. And he's always just, like, you know, passing the blame, I guess you could call it, but uh, the credit for everything. And it's kind of like, after a while, you kind of, it gets a little creepy. Like, really? <laughs> like, you like people that much? And I didn't understand it until he took me to his podcaster meet dungeon. And that's when I realized kind of what this is all about. I'm just saying, if Jared asks you out for a nice Chianti... You might want to run, just saying. So, my wife Leilani is here, and uh, she's, it kind of scares me to death, honestly. You know, having someone who actually knows you and know that this is all a big facade. Podcasting in general, I mean, not just speaking in front of people, but, so, you know, see, I'm forgetting my lines already. That's a good sign. That's what we want to do. No, so, so Leilani's my biggest critic, in a good way, and by biggest critic, I mean all my other critics are smaller than her. No, but seriously... We just had a baby seven months ago, so be nice. Absolutely. And we had seven other children before that. So we have eight kids. So with eight kids, my family no longer throws us baby showers. They throw us contraceptive showers. (laughs) They're really supportive of our life choices. I appreciate that. So... You know, really, I wanted to look into, so this is all about how you can find your voice. It's about, you know, we're podcasters, even if we stink at it, that kind of stuff. Nice stuff like that, encouraging stuff. So why do they call it podcasting, right? I mean, podcasting, a lot of people say it's Apple, iPod, that's all baloney. It's actually because the name nerdcasting was already taken. And don't get me wrong, I mean, there are cool people who do podcasting. You know, I could sit there for hours and listen to Cliff Ravenscraft talk about the Roland recorder. You know, that just is really cool stuff. But we can't all be quite as cool as Cliff. Honestly, though, you know, in podcasting, you've got to be kind of a nerd. And really, you've got to wear that as kind of a badge of honor because nerds are really people who take things that either terrify other people or other people find terribly boring, and we just obsess over it. And that is really kind of what it takes in order to make this work, isn't it? We have to be kind of obsessive. This is actually working towards a goal of mine. You wouldn't know it, but a goal of mine to be a TED speaker. And so I asked them if I could be a TEDx speaker just to get started, and they told me no. I can't tell why. They told me no, but they did say I could be a Ted E. Ruxpin. And I don't know why that is. Maybe it's my figure. I've got good news, though. This guy here, he believes in you. You can tell, right? The bad news is, is that this guy is probably your happy Uncle Phil. This guy believes in everybody, and he would believe in you even if you wanted to start a business selling uh, insulation for igloos out of pencil shavings. Uncle Phil's going to try to get you to believe your own hype. And take the encouragement, but leave the hype aside. It's not going to be that helpful for you. This guy here, he doesn't believe in you. But really, what would it say about you if this guy believed in you? I mean, honestly, this guy doesn't believe in anybody or anything unless you have a doctorate. That's what he cares to see. He doesn't want you to start anything. The other thing about this guy is that he's got huge nostrils. And he was raised by a governess. What's a governess anyway? I don't know. I just wanted to say that word. It sounded cool. It's from Jane Austen, you know. It sounded cool to me. You guys aren't laughing, which proves that it really wasn't that funny. I tried the joke on my dog, and my dog thought it was great. Oh, I don't have a dog. So what are we afraid of, really? You know, podcasting can be 
terrifying, kind of like a game of pants and skins basketball. I just wanted to squeeze that joke in there, sorry. Nobody got it. I'm, I'm really... <laughs> no, so, so really, what are, we, you know, what are we afraid of with podcasting? What, why are we scared? Because truthfully, the people who know us best like us, even though they know that we're nuts, really. And in podcasting, we're afraid of what a bunch of strangers think of us. We're afraid that maybe our, our voice isn't going to come off, or, or maybe we're going to say, um, too much, um, 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 too much. But really, if we fail, who cares? We're afraid of looking stupid. And, you know, what is that anyway? What is looking stupid? Just speak in your own voice. Pick your own voice. Choose yourself, as they say. Always speak in your own voice, unless you can speak like Sean Connery, and then do that instead. And the only reason that you know this is Sean Connery is because I just said his name, and because I'm lisping in a British accent. The other thing we're afraid of is a scary spider killing our best skyscraper. Now, this is a rational fear. Because really, you spend all this time, and then the spite, and it's just bad. <laughs> wow, really, thanks. Thanks, everyone. Hey, I love you. Tip your waitresses. We're done. No, just kidding. So, by a show of hands, who really liked the sound of their own voice the first time they heard a recording of it? Really? <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I just didn't want to be the only one. Like, the first time I heard my voice, I was just like, wow, who's this guy? Honey, you really married well. <laughs> no, not so much. And really, you know, why are we scared of the sound of our own voice? I think the reason is, is because we're afraid of coming off as a fraud. The sound of our voice isn't generally that bad. All right, there's a few of you, maybe, but not generally it's not that bad. I mean, it's just a voice. It's some of the best voices. If you've ever heard Ira Glass on uh, This American Life, I mean, it's, he doesn't have a traditional radio voice, but he's great, right? It's not your voice. Your voice isn't the issue. What it is is we hear our voice, and we immediately equate it to... Does anyone else hear that weird noise all of a sudden? Anyway, we immediately equate it to people who we've already heard on radio. We're comparing ourselves to Paul Harvey. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, yeah. And now you know the rest of the story. Anyway, sorry. Or whoever else you've ever heard on radio, you're equating yourself to that, and you're saying, am I saying that that's who I am? Am I making that statement? And you know what? Here's the thing. It doesn't matter, because we're trying to compare ourselves to some sort of a qualification, to some sort of a standard. But really, what people want from you is they want to be able to walk along with you through this journey. They don't care if you're the only one who cares if you think you're saying that you're something great. No one else cares about that. We're afraid of Jared and a knife. Now, this is a new fear that you just learned about earlier. You see this picture here? He doesn't use this one much. He uses a lot of other ones. You see that kind of maniacal grin that he's got there? That's the one you got to watch out for. So, what's wrong with an interview? How many podcasters does it take to screw in a light bulb? Let's see, I'm redoing this jokingly. I think mine's a little better. We'll see what you think. How many podcasters does it take to screw in a light bulb? Well, it only takes one, but then it takes six months for everybody else to interview her, asking her how she did it. And now that... <laughs> I wrote that myself. Anyway, so, let's see, I'm, look, at, look at me, look at me. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my notes here, trying to find out where I am. There we go. Okay, so, so now, the thing that everybody does now is they say, well, I don't do an interview. I do a conversation. And that makes it immediately a lot better, right? Just like now we're having conversations. And so, you know, I do that too. Absolutely. I have conversations with influential people. So here's my list of things that are wrong with an interview. Number one, you aren't Charlie Rose. 
See, Charlie Rose here. I love this picture of Charlie. He's pointing at you. Mostly, he's smiling. It's mostly a smile of pity. He feels sorry for you. There's really, no, there's nothing different between you and Charlie Rose, honestly. I mean, he's just more experienced and probably more talented, and he's rich, and he owns a yacht, and he has better leg hair than you do, most likely. I'm not going to judge, though. So, you're not Charlie Rose, but the thing is, is that Charlie Rose wasn't Charlie Rose when he first got started. His name was Peter Winklehorst. Actually, it wasn't. I just made that up. He's always Charlie Rose, but it's well documented how Charlie Rose made the progression to become a great interviewer. He was not a great interviewer when he first started. It was something that he embraced and he grew in as he went. So you're not going to be a great interview initially, interviewer initially, and it's something you've got to put the work in. Having the best guests isn't going to make you a great interviewer. Being a great interviewer is going to make you a great interviewer, and the only thing that can help you do that is experience. And the only way you can get experience is to do it. Your guest isn't really famous. Okay, so we all know who Pat Flynn is, but just as a little test, let's go ahead and interview everyone else who you know who isn't a nerd and ask them who Pat Flynn is, and they're not going to know, right? So, you know, nobody knows who Chris Brogan is, and nobody's going to want to interview Chris Brogan anyway after that thing he wrote on Facebook, so just, oh, run, run away! (laughs) Don't say the wrong thing! No, anyway, we love Chris. Okay, unless you're Lou, and then you interviewed Mary Poppins. And if you interview Mary Poppins, then you really do have a famous guest. (laughs) But Lou is a practically perfect person in every way. So, there's that. So your guests, the force of your guests' personality, of their fame, is not generally going to carry your podcast to the stratosphere. So if you get a great guest, great. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You think if Pat Flynn says he wants to come on my show, hey, no, Pat, really, seriously, you're not famous enough for me. I was looking for Michael J. Fox. What? Anyway, so your guest isn't really famous. Don't rely on that. Early on, it makes you feel good, but it's not what makes you a great podcaster. So predictability is boring. So don't confuse predictability with consistency. Consistency is publishing on the same day every week. That's a good thing. Consistency is saying, let's see if I can do this, what's the best concert you have ever been to? (laughs) And why is that consistency and not predictability? Because you don't know what that guest is going to say when he asks that question. So in fact, while it's a consistent question, it's not a predictable question, not really, because you don't know what's going to come next. Predictability might be saying, are you ready to ignite? But who am I to criticize, right? <laughs> anyway, John Lee Dumas jokes are just so easy, you know, but he's, <laughs> but he's awesome, so what can we do? But, you know, so being predictable is something that where someone knows what's going to happen next. They literally know what's going to happen next. It's not setting up for something that's unpredictable. It's actually a predictable, reoccurring thing. And most intros that you listen to, long bump music, that kind of stuff, after a while, you initially, the first time you listen to a podcast, and I, you know, so I'm speaking as a listener, because I listen to tons and tons of podcasts. That's how I got into podcasting. And at first, it's okay, but then after you've listened to that same thing 20 times, it gets kind of like, ah, you know, I wish I could fast forward easily, but my player doesn't work well. Ah, you know, just like, <laughs> anyway. Predictability is boring. Predictability, or I'm sorry, consistency is remembering your anniversary. 
predictability is going to IHOP every year for the last 10 years on your anniversary. The first is good, the second, not so good. This is a bunny with a flapjack on its head. (laughs) You thought I was going to say this is a rabbit with a pancake on its head. See? So what's wrong with an interview? Well, really, nothing's wrong with an interview. Interviews are great. Interviews give you a great opportunity. They give you access to amazing people. I do primarily an interview podcast, somewhat to my own shame. And based on how this is going, you can probably tell how my podcast goes. What's funny, Nick? I don't get what's funny. It's not funny. You're laughing at me. I'm very sensitive. So there's great interview shows. Andrew Warner is an excellent interviewer. If you've ever listened to Mixergy, I mean, that is an excellent interview show. But the reason why it's excellent is because he's speaking in his own voice and he's not being predictable. He's going to ask questions that are hard and he's going to push into things that are difficult with the guests. That's kind of his angle. You don't have to do that. You can do like what Jared does, which is just asking ridiculously off the wall questions, but that are based on research that he probably did, you know, from things they did when they were 13 years old, which frankly, none of us really wants to hear that. But, uh, but you know, <laughs> which is funny. Like I, totally off subject. This is not scripted. I did a face to face interview with Jeff Goins and I said Jared easily and he just did not say what I expected. Cause what everyone always says is, you know, Jared's the nicest guy in the world. Jeff says, uh, Jared digs up dirt that you would not believe. (laughs) And I'm like, what happened? (laughs) Something happened. Ask Jared about it. I'm sure he knows. So there's nothing wrong with an interview. Tell better stories. Isn't that the hip thing right now? It's like, you have to be a better storyteller. Nobody knows how to do it, but we all know we should, right? (laughs) Like even me, but I'm going to tell you how. I love this picture. I definitely did not get this off of Google Images because that would be wrong. <laughs> but you see this guy here, this wooden guy? See my finger in the shadow? That's cool. I love doing that. See this guy? This wooden guy is killing it. I mean, he's telling these other wooden guys, they're all in rapt attention. I say he's a guy. I need to work on that. This could be a woman. I have no idea. You know, it's an amorphous being. We'll just say, we'll just put it that way. But he, I mean, he's really just telling the story. And my guess is that he's probably telling the story of Pinocchio. Because that has to be like the inspirational story for wooden people everywhere. Like, if you're a wooden person, it's like, I want to be a real boy, too. Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay, so here's my storytelling tips. Speak in the present tense. Walk through a progression and have a climax. You can see why this slide does not have an image. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, so speak in the present tense. Instead of saying we walk through a field, say, so we're walking through a field. I mean, it's obvious stuff, but it's so hard to do, and it does make a difference. When you hear good storytellers, they're always bringing you along with them, and they are going somewhere, which brings us to our next point. They're walking through a progression. They don't just start with, blah, here's the story, here's the information. Do you know of anyone who's done that with their jokes so far? Blah, here's the joke, it's not funny. (laughs) Walk (laughs) Walk through a progression. And then have a climax, which is obvious. It's got to be going somewhere. It's got to be something that's interesting to everyone. Uh, have you ever heard that story where it's like, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but it's my wife. And she, uh, she always tell, she'll tell me these stories and it's kind of like, I'm so like, is it done? I don't like what was it? So you bought diapers. I didn't catch the next part. No, anyway. So have a climax. Not right now. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway, take more risks. This is the one thing that I can actually speak to having uh, that I'm doing right now, as you can tell. You know, the, the truth is with taking risks is 
you don't know what's going to work or not work in your podcast, which is why everyone always kind of defaults to being little John Lee Dumases when we first get started, at least a lot of us do. Oh, we're taking some sort of archetype that we see that we want to be, and so we just sort of mimic that. But And that's okay. I mean, we all do that when we first get started, but eventually you've got to take risks. And that doesn't mean you're taking risks just to take risks. Just like, hey, I'm going to be freaky and do crazy things. Unless you're doing like a morning talk radio show. Wink it, wink it. Hey, morning in the morning, everybody. And nobody's done like a, like that style podcast yet. You know, like the, like the old uh, FM radio, you know, shock jock style podcast. Maybe it is done and I just don't listen to it. Anyway... So take more risk. Be willing to tell jokes. Be willing to sing. Be willing to be vulnerable. You know, do stream of consciousness when something terrible just happened and uh, and you need to tell everyone about it. Be willing to talk in different voices, like my Sean Connery. Actually, let me do my uh, let me do my Al Gore. Leilani loves this one. It's like her favorite. Let's see here. The polar bears are about to go extinct. <laughs> due to global warming. Look at the graph. Anyway, the only reason you know that's Al Gore is because I said global warming and polar bears, but whatever. <laughs> it works. Anyway, so, you know, Pat Flynn does his beatboxing. You know, they just, if you look at the really good podcasts, inevitably they do something that's a little bit edgy. You know, if you've listened to uh, This American Life, if you've listened to just some of the really, really good ones, uh, one that I would suggest everyone listen to at least once is Radiolab because of the way that Radiolab edits the podcast. Don't look at it from a content standpoint. Look at it the way that they do that rapid-fire montage-style editing. And that's, that's a risk because it may not work for your podcast, but it may. And until you try it, you're not going to know. So be willing to take risks. You could take a risk by telling Lou that Mickey sucks. Like, you could do that, but I, I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> Lou's a nice guy, but only to a point, you know? So let, us, let me give you my top ten intro tactics. Actually, I don't have ten, I just have a few. But with an intro, you've got to, you've got to lock in people right away or you're going to lose them. And how do you lock people in? Well... First of all, you make them like you. Someone else can teach that part. You may, first of all, you make them like you. And then second of all, you've got to sell them on why they should stay around and really why they should stay around for the entire podcast. So with intros, and I'm not where I need to be with this, but with intros, keep them short and then shorten them again and then shorten them again. You know, a lot of that sort of marketing stuff that we like to do at the beginning of a podcast, like our mom likes it, but the rest of us, not so much as far as listenership. This is a hard one because I hear a lot of people, this next one, bios are boring because I hear a lot of people say, well, your job on your podcast is to make your guests look good. You hear that one a lot. Your job is to make your guests look good. Not really. Your job is to actually interest your audience. And if those two are in conflict with each other, then you need to do the second. And a lot of guests want to talk about college degrees and blah, 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 blah. Okay, maybe I'm a little biased against college degrees since I don't have one, but anyway... So, but you don't need to spend a lot of time on that. Really, you know, if you're spending 20 seconds, okay, maybe, but just keep it short. It isn't about your guests feeling great about it because if they're a really famous guest, they're probably not going to listen to the podcast anyway. I hate to tell you that. It's painful, I know. Like, hey, did you hear that podcast I did with you? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was the one about me, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Anyway, so tell people why they should care. 
The best podcasts always tell people why they should stick around to the end, what's in it for them, why they need to, what they're going to get out of it. What is the benefit? Because they may like you. If you've won the first part of the intro, they like you. You're likable. But now I'm not going to listen to this episode. I mean, how many times have you started an episode only to be like, nah, let me find a different one? You know, and so you've got to do a good job of keeping people locked in, especially if engagement is your goal. Downloads aren't your only goal. Your goal is to actually interest people in your content. Don't worry. Just get better. No, really. Get better. So we hype everything. And I think hype is probably the biggest thing that causes us to worry about everything because we hear stories of people with these enormous download numbers or stories of people who have made tons of money a month because they publish it online or whatever. And that's good. I mean, I'm glad they do. It's encouraging in one sense. But in the other sense, if we try to apply those things to ourselves, all it's going to build on us is why am I not accomplishing this? You know, and just have a goal, have a path that you're going to walk. Have an end in mind for yourself as a goal, but recognize that that isn't the point. That's not the point. It has to be the path. It has to be the endless path, I think, that we talked about earlier. And, you know, so you just have to keep making progress. So my two tips would be be vulnerable and be disciplined. This is kind of summing it up here. We're getting to the end, thankfully. Be vulnerable and be disciplined. If you're vulnerable, that means you're going to fall sometimes. Sometimes you're going to make mistakes. Sometimes you're going to do things in your podcast that doesn't work, but you're also sometimes going to hit on things that really change everything. And so if you're not, if you were never vulnerable, then you're never going to get to that place where you tried that thing that ends up defining you. And then discipline is the one that none of us like. I remember the first time, first time I was going to actually publish a podcast and it's like, do you mean I actually have to listen to this entire thing? That sounds really hard. And it's like, oh wait, if I find it agonizing to listen through my entire podcast, to edit it and publish it, then probably other people aren't going to be that interested either. So you do have to be willing to put in the work. And so finally, I just want to put myself up here as an example of really just the pinnacles of creativity, of vulnerability, just really... <laughs> what just happened there? Did anybody get a recording of that? So I just want to put myself out there with my new podcast, Starving Entrepreneur Passively on Fire. <laughs> Because that pretty much describes me. And uh, this definitely isn't a copyright infringement. <laughs> Absolutely not. Jared, why are you coming up here? <laughs> so in review, stop being scared. <laughs> Easy to say, right? You're all going to use this as like the clarion event. I was going to do that really risky presentation with a lot of jokes in it, but now I'm not going to. <laughs> so stop being scared. Don't be predictable. And that's extremely difficult because you have to have good feedback, a good feedback loop about what is predictable and what isn't. Because something that you may think is unpredictable was totally predictable to people who have been listening to you. Take risks. Keep a wary eye on Jared. <laughs> Me especially now. Be vulnerable, which is speaking in your own voice, not being afraid of your own voice anymore. Put in the work. And now here's a picture of my super cute baby in a hat. Thank you all. Here's the thing, it doesn't matter because we're trying to compare ourselves to some sort of a qualification, to some sort of a standard. But really what people want from you is they want to be able to walk along with you through this journey. They don't care if you're the only one who cares if you think you're saying that you're something great. No one else cares about that.